I believe that we need to be, and you've heard me say this a lot. I talk about this a lot. We need to make sure we've positioned ourselves to take advantage of what God wants to do in and through us. If he's going to bless us, we have to make sure we have our eyes open to receive a blessing. Because blessings oftentimes come in forms that we don't recognize so we don't get them. Amen? So we need to make sure we have the right mindset to take advantage of the opportunity that God puts in front of us. So Isaiah 54, you're going to read it with me? Come on, out loud. Read it with me. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. All right, the way that's going to play out today, we're going to look at the story of Noah. Some of you may have heard this a hundred times. Some of you maybe for the first time. But the story of Noah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 says this about Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared. If you got a Bible, underline that. If you got your Bible app, right? If you got a note card, whatever, write it down. He prepared. So, by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things, what? Not yet seen. There was something coming that he didn't know about. But he prepared in advance for it. He prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. All right, let's go to Genesis. We're going to go way back. Genesis chapter 6, verse 18. This is what God tells Noah. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Pray, Lord, that you position us to receive your blessings. Lord, we pray that with that blessing, you would impact other people through us. Lord, change our hearts this morning through your word. Make us different than when we came. We thank you for this opportunity to know you more. In Christ's name we pray and everyone said, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. I watch several preachers um, throughout the week, and uh, it's kind of a thing I do. Like, if you want to get better, you should watch people that are better than you. Amen? You're like, well, for my self-esteem, I always look at people that are, that are not as good as me. No, 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 no. If you want to get better at anything, hang around people that do it better than you do. So one of the beautiful things about the internet is you can always find somebody who's doing it better than you. And so I watch a couple of preachers every week, and, and I'll watch T.D. Jakes at times, and back in the day, he used to say this all the time, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Now, I can't even do it justice. I don't even. But I, I, I feel like God is impressing on us as a church that, that he wants to bless us. We need to position ourselves to be aware of it and to receive it. And oftentimes, our definition of blessing uh, will determine whether we notice it or not. Amen? So here you have the story of Noah. The Bible says in Genesis that the state of mankind at the time of Noah was as wretched as it has ever been. Matter of fact, if you fast forward till now, the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, so will it be. And so it actually says that, that, the, that the intentions of man, that the, that the mindset of man was bent on evil all the time. It's all he thought about. I don't know if you've paid attention lately to our society, but we're pretty close to that. Amen? 
that the, that the daily thought patterns of most people is not righteousness. So God seeing that determined that it wasn't good and that he was going to, that he was going to judge the earth. And so he comes to Noah. Noah is a standout uh, in the middle of all humanity. And God notices him and notices the righteous life he's living and makes a covenant with Noah. So he comes to Noah and he says that I'm going to, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make a covenant with you and I'm going to rescue you. And so, he gives Noah plans to build an ark. Now, I need to make sure you understand the context of the way Noah received this. Up to this point in time, it had never flooded before. There was no such thing as a hundred-year flood. There was no such thing as uh, living in a floodplain. There was no such thing as floods, period. Because up to this point in time, rain, it, the wa- earth wasn't really watered the way it is now. And so the con, the, the idea of, of a boat to escape rising water would have been absolutely foreign to anyone that, that was living at this point in time. And so what happens is the writer of Hebrews says, for something that he didn't even know anything about, he prepared for. Something that he didn't know, he didn't have any concept of what it was going to look like. He didn't have any frame of reference for what God was about to do. But in light of what God had said to him, get ready, he started to prepare. Now, I want to pose to you that our definition of blessing in our lives will, will be the deciding, determining factor in whether we uh, recognize it when it comes to us. All right? Now, I don't know about you, but part of me believes blessing just should make everything easier. Right? Come on, let's be honest. How many of you, man, when you woke up in the morning and your day went awful and somebody said, how's it going? I got the favor of the Lord, man. My day was terrible. No, no, no. You use those phrases when everything goes perfect. I made twice as much money today as I've ever made. Don't even know how I did it. Favor of the Lord. That's how, that's what we attribute it to. Because we have a mindset that favor always, always follows something easy. So, my kids behave today. The blessing of the Lord. I wasn't blessing, you gave them Benadryl. <laughs> wasn't any blessing about it. So, so, so we always associate blessing with something that comes easier, or, or, or we didn't work for it, or we, or it just come out of the blue. And there are spots like that, but I want to make a, make a case today that Noah's blessing came in the form of work. Now, you can do a little research and find out that nobody knows what they're talking about as far as how long it took Noah to build the ark. Some people say 120 years because that's about the distance of time between when God approached him about building the ark and the flood happened. But uh, other people will say, well, there was, it's indicated that, that it was after his kids were born and and Noah lived like 900 and some years, which I ain't worried about doing, by the way. Um, so they say maybe anywhere between 50, 75, 100 years. So could you imagine God coming to you and saying, I'm, I'm going to bless you. And I need you to work for the next 50 years to prepare for the blessing." But that's what happened in Noah's life. 
God said, I'm making a covenant with you that I'm going to rescue you, your wife, your kids, and your kids' wives. I'd have been like, maybe we need to negotiate that last part. Like, you got to bring everybody and, and, and the animals. But the way this is going to come about is you're going to prepare for something that you have no reference point for. And you're going to have to work to get yourself ready to receive it. That's not the way we look at blessing. We look at blessing as the first time we ever walk into a convenience store and buy a scratch-off card, we win a million dollars. I know who gets scratch-off cards now. We look at blessing as just walking in and everybody liking us. Walking in and everything going our way every second of the day. Walking in and it just always works out. Man, why is your life like it? Man, I got the favor of God. Well, what happens is, is that when life ends up happening and then it doesn't look like everything is coming easy, we have no way to gauge whether we're being blessed or not. And so we set up ourselves up for crisis all the time because we, in the really, really good times, we'll say, I'm favor the Lord. Look how easy this is. And then when life turns, which it always does and becomes difficult sometimes, then we go, well, I don't know why this is happening. It doesn't look like favor anymore. So, so watch. Noah is in a community of people whose minds are bent on evil every second of the day, the Bible says. And yet God has asked him to do something that he has no reference point for and neither does anyone else. So he's going to wake him and his family up every morning, go out and build an ark that nobody's ever seen what it even looks like. There's no reference. There's no, there's no Norfolk Naval Station. There's no, there's no shipbuilders. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing to point to that makes any sense for Noah to do anything like this. Matter of fact, I read something yesterday that said this was the largest ocean going vessel up to the 1800s. So you're talking about thousands of years before anyone ever comes close to building a boat this big. And we just overlook it like, oh man, you know, Noah just built a boat. Noah just built a boat. If you have the faith of Noah, you can build a boat. Really? Really? It's just that easy. Lord, I want you to bless my life. All right, all right. Here's some work. I mean, I was talking about blessing. I don't know if that got mixed up with messing with me, but I was talking about blessing me, not messing with me. I know I'm not messing with you. I'm trying to bless you, but it's showing up as the next 15 years of work. Oh, (laughs) well, I mean, none of these other people are doing anything like this. I know. I know. I know, but I didn't call you to be like all the other people. I called you to be blessed. And so while everybody else is fixed on evil all the time, doing whatever fits their needs and consume with themselves, I want you to be a standout and do what I've called you to do. And it means work for the next 50, 7,500 years so that you can be blessed in the midst of everybody else not being blessed. And so have you ever had the conversation with your kids? Beth and I determined to do this early on. Why can't we do that? Anybody ever had that asked? Why can't we do that? It usually ended up with like, no, it didn't. Here's, here's the response I would give my kids. Listen, this is how we start out. The Jones family is just going to do some things differently. 
like, like everyone around us is not getting ready for a blessing. Everyone around us is not preparing for a blessing. But I want you to know that I want to be ready when God decides to bless us, when God decides to use us like he's, like he's calling, like when God decides to really put favor on our lives, I want us to be ready for it. And so we're just not, there's some things that are going to be different about us. Can you imagine Noah having this conversation with his kids? Dad, uh, <laughs> just wondering why we're building this for the 25th year. Uh, Dad, I, like, I know everybody around us is crazy, but I'm starting to feel like we might be the ones. <laughs> we're the only ones doing this. We're the only, Dad, we're the only ones. Dad, my wife is starting to ask questions. <laughs> Noah's like, she'll be saved too, son, don't worry. God's plan's perfect. I'm not going to argue with it. She'll be saved. I don't. Can you imagine? When we have to break out of the culture for 30 seconds, we get, we get anxious. When we have to break out of the culture. Okay, can we fast forward to this? Dad, why do we do this? Son, the reason why the Jones family lives like this is because I believe in the imminent return of Christ. What are you talking about? I mean, I know there's no reference point and it's not really alien, so it doesn't make sense to use that analogy, you know. But imagine if an alien ship came down, sucked all the good people off the planet. Well, that's going to happen. What? The Bible says that the second coming in Christ is like the great and terrible day of the Lord. That's what it says. And, and it says that in a twinkling of an eye, it says that all these things are going to happen. It says that Jesus is coming back victorious for his own. He's going to rapture the church up. I forgot you're four. I don't, I, the Jones family just does things different. We are trying to communicate something to a world that has no reference point for what we're trying to communicate. We're trying, why are you acting like that? Why do you give? Why do you go to church on Sunday morning? Well, uh, <laughs> the great and terrible day of the coming of the Lord. <laughs> In case you were wondering, the second coming of Christ. That's why. I want to inherit eternal life. Jesus is coming back soon. Matter of fact, two people are going to walk up a hill. One person is going to be taken. The other one left. That'll make it easier to understand. And all, there's 10 virgins and some of them had oil and some of them didn't. And some of them woke up and some of them didn't. And they weren't paying attention. I need to pay attention. So the Jones family is going to do things differently than you do. Do you want to join us? <laughs> we're trying to communicate a reason for why we're living for something nobody has any reference to. And we get frustrated why people don't understand. Because we're trying to say, listen, Jesus is coming back. This is real. There's a heaven and a hell. So how does that play out? It's difficult to explain something you've never seen before. I wish I was standing there when people were sucked up into heaven. It would have been easier. I wish I was standing there when Jesus ascended into heaven. I could say, man, I saw Jesus ascend into heaven. This is what it looks like. You know, like, I, I mean, it just, it just went up. I don't know. I took a video of it on my iPhone, so it's pretty good quality. We can slow it down and see what it looks like. There's no reference point. And so oftentimes, God gives us work to do 
for what we haven't seen yet to prepare for what he's going to do in us. And we get that confused and we don't call it blessing. We call it, God, I don't understand what you're doing. He said, I'm trying to prepare you to bless you. I'm trying to get you ready for what's coming. I'm trying to make sure that you're prepared. So oftentimes it shows up as work and we want rest. It shows up at work and we want leisure. It shows up at wor- as work and we just want extra. You know what the reward for good work is? I heard some business owners in here that get it. What's the reward for good work? More work. Let me, let me explain it to you this way. As a business owner, good work brings you more work. When you work for somebody else, good work gives you vacation. <laughs> because you don't need to gin up more work. We have a consumer mentality in the United States. So what, what, a, what, a, what a business owner understands, somebody that works for themselves understands, I'm going to do a good job here, and because I did a good job, somebody else is going to give me a phone call. And the only way I get another phone call is if I do a good job here. And if I do a bad job here, that person is going to tell that person never to call me. If you work in some areas, you can do a bad job, get a promotion. <laughs> like, well, we can't fire them, we're just going to rise them up. And you're going, uh... Okay, what did, what did the master say in the parable of talents? He says, you've been, entrust, you, you've, been, you've been faithful with a little bit. The reward is to make you ruler over much. The faithfulness in your preparation for what I wanted to do gave you the capacity to handle what I'm getting ready to give you now. So the faithfulness back here to build the ark gave Noah the capability to handle the blessing of being on the ark. Because you can't sail a ship that wasn't built yet. It's called treading water. So here's what happens. I think some of you will like my, my, my uh, logical thinking on this. Watch, watch this. Okay. More blessing means more work. More work means more responsibility. More responsibility can mean more headaches. Blessing can equal headaches. <laughs> Do you ever think about that? Because we only look at blessing in the context of relaxing on a beach. Or money that I don't have to earn. Or my kids just behaving when I didn't do anything to cause them to behave. They just popped up one day and went, uh, an angel Lord touched me and told me to obey you, Father, so I will. And then you went, what is your brother holding over your head to make sure you say that right now? You see, what happens with us is this. We, we get into this mode where, where we, like, Lord, I just, like, if you bless me, here's what it needs to look like. I'm on the beach. I have, my kids are behaving. I don't have to worry about anything. There's no sharks. There's, everything's perfect. And I can take the perfect little picture to put on Instagram the hashtag favor of the Lord. And we rarely ever hashtag work as that. We don't. We rarely ever hashtag favor the Lord. I have no idea why he's asking me to do this. 
We rarely ever hashtag favor the Lord. I'm going to work the next 50 years to see it. (laughs) We don't do that. But here's what I know. I know that God gave Noah detailed plans. Detailed. He said, I want you to build it this wide, this high, this long. Studies have actually shown when they, when they made models of this boat, it was one of the most unsinkable vessels to ever float in water. It was almost impossible to flip over. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't understand why they're not building boats like that now. <laughs> God drew some architectural plans for Noah and said, build this one. And we went, that's eh, okay. We like the Titanic better. <laughs> so, God drew plans for Noah and said, this wide, this high, this long, put a door here, make it out of this wood, do it like this, put pitch, blah, blah, blah. Here's where you're going to do it. Here's the things you're going to bring on it. Detailed plans. De- look at your neighbor and say, if we're going to get ready, we got to use detailed plans. Look at him, tell him right now, if you're going to get ready, you got to use detailed plans. Come on, tell him. Because here's what I know about people. How many of you like Ikea? All you're like, he's going to make fun of and I'm not raising my hand. I think the Antichrist came up with Ikea. I think what you're going to find out is in the last days, whoever the president of Ikea, you're going to be like, yep, yep, design those, design that dresser. I'm not very good at following plans. We've, we've bought that furniture before, which that's a, that's a loose term, furniture, um, you shouldn't be able to take furniture back apart after you put it together. That's my theory. You should put it together. It should be furniture forever. Not like something else later on. So you get it. It's in a box about that thick, and it's a full living room deal. <laughs> it's got 4,700 pages of instructions. You lay them all out, and I go, I don't need those. <laughs> just dump it all out on the floor. Like, just put it together. Put it together. Two weeks later, I got a sledgehammer and a chainsaw out. It's like, we're almost there, right? Here's the thing. Oftentimes, God wants to do something in our lives or requires to adhere to the plans. And we're trying to get to the same place, not looking at the plans. You see, it doesn't do any good to build a boat that sinks. You'd be in the same situation as everybody else. But what we want to do is we want to skip ahead to the fun part. Lord, I don't need this 50 year. I don't need to work 10 years for this. I'm ready now. I remember when I was younger, a um, mentor of mine, he's passed now. Uh, he used to, I used to complain to like 24. How many of you remember doing that? You're 24 years old. You're like, I got this. I don't know why God's not giving me this. God's like, you can barely touch you. You were learning how to tie your shoes 10 years ago. (laughs) And I remember him saying to me, God uses prepared people, Chris. God uses prepared people. And I thought, well, I am. And then I thought, oh, you mean God has work for me to do that I don't understand to get me ready for what he wants me to do later. Ah, that took 10 years. God used to prepare people. I used to want a more enlightened version of that when I talked to him. I would complain, and he would say it to me repeatedly. I would complain and say, God used to prepare people. I'm like, you don't know any more than that? Can you give me the steps? Like, what are you talking about? 
God is prepared people. And then, then you start to realize that everything Noah was doing was a pre- preparation. But he was following a specific plan. He was following the architectural designs of the Almighty to say, this is exactly how this thing has to be built so that you can make it to where I need you to be to bless the people that I'm sending you. So I'm going to do all this. I want you to follow it line by line, step by step, all the way through so that there's no confusion. You cannot miss a step. So what we do is we want good relationships without the step of forgiveness. And we just think favor means everybody likes me. I don't have to forgive them. No, no, no. You missed the step. You missed the step. It means I want all this blessing, but I don't want to be a blessing to anybody else. But the favor means I just get it. No, no, no. You missed a step. You missed a step. No, I I want people to look at me as a compassionate person. No, then you have to care for the poor. You can't miss a step. So you, if you... Come on, you know, you get to the end of the Ikea furniture and you're like, you got a pile of stuff over here. I mean, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. Obviously, they gave me extras. <laughs> Hashtag favor the Lord. So you set the stupid thing up and then it's kind of wobbling back and forth. You're like, we'll just screw it to the wall. <laughs> it's always harder to patch a leak later than to fix it in the building process. Some of you know what it's like to fix a roof. It's always more difficult to go behind somebody that's done a shoddy job putting shingles on than it's just to get it right the first time. And so what we want is we want the favor of God in our lives, but we want to skip all the steps to prepare for it. The favor of God looks like work up until it looks like favor. I'm going to say that again. The favor of God looks like work until it looks like favor. So what we do is we only call it favor when it looks like favor. We only call it favor when everybody else is drowning and we're floating. But really, the favor is that God gave me the plans up front. (laughs) You should be way more excited about that. God gave you the plans to have favor in your life up front. He said, here's Here's the roadmap. Here's how you do it. Here's how you put it together. Here's how it all looks. I know you don't understand where I'm going with this, but follow these steps. And this is what favor is. And you follow the step, follow the step, follow the step, follow the step. And all of a sudden, your life is floating. And you go, this is the favor of God. And then you look back and you go, oh, (laughs) I see what you did there. I thought those pegs in the end of the board were stupid until I put another board on it. And then I was like, these people are geniuses. When you're putting the Ikea thing together, you're like, I don't, this is stupid. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. And then you get it all up and you go, oh, it's still ugly, but it made sense. <laughs> Noah had to stay with the plans. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you're, listen, you're planning for something whether you're intentional about it or not. You're preparing either for favor or destruction. But we are all preparing. Just because you haven't set a target out doesn't mean you're not walking towards something. It says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. 
Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. This is the story of Noah. The whole place was doing evil all the time. What were they doing? They were sowing into the flesh and they were getting ready to reap destruction. We live in a society that is reaping what they sow. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And God's calling us out with different plans. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good even if it takes 10 years. Let us not grow weary in doing good, even if it means building something you don't understand. Let us not grow weary in doing good, even if it means 50 years of labor before it looks like favor. Because in due season, you will reap a reward if you do not give up. The favor is coming if we prepare for it. With our relationships, with our work, with our finances. We have to prepare. Luke 6 Luke chapter 6 verse 37 says this. Don't judge and you will not be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed out, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. I'm like, you pour it into the bucket, Lord. I don't pour it in my lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What if, what if Noah looked at God and said, God, I don't think the ark needs to be that big. I mean, I think we could, I think we could shorten this process a little bit. I don't think we need to use that wood's heavy. I don't think we need to put that much pitch on it. I don't think we need the door that big. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think. Remember that God did not require you to think about the measurement. (laughs) Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I think the problem with me is I think about the measurements and wonder if they make sense before I use his measurements. Mm. Lord, do we have to save that many animals? You realize if we're on the boat for, I don't know, a long time, it's going to stink. Do we really have to go through with this big one? Do we really? Lord, is it that much money, really? Lord, is it that, is it that many times I have to forgive somebody? I'm reminded of Peter looking at Jesus saying, hey, how many times, Lord? Seven? His chest stuck out because he was four times more than the average. I picked a big number, Lord. Seven times I forgive somebody. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, 70 times seven. 70 times seven. You're using the wrong measurement. You're thinking about the measurement instead of just cutting the board. You're trying to make sense out of something you have no reference for. And you're arguing with me about the plans. So essentially what God is asking us to do is to build an Ikea shelf without having a picture of it. I'm not really sure where this is going, God. So if I don't have a picture of it, I can't argue with the measurement. But the crazy thing is, is in our, inf- in our finite minds, we're arguing with the measurements every day, aren't we? We're going, God, you gave us the plans, but the plans don't make any sense. He said, they don't make any sense because you've never seen the finished product. Trust me to bless you with the finished product and do it the way I asked you to do it. How do you ever, I mean, those words ever come out of your mouth before? Just do it the way I asked you to do it. I didn't need an argument today. Just do it the way I asked you to do it. Why do you want it done that way? Because it's mine. 
see how absurd it is we're arguing blessing that is being given to us? Lord, why do you want to do it that way? Because it's mine. Because I bought you with a price. Because I died on the cross for you. And now I'm trying to bless your life and you're trying to argue with me about the way I'm doing it. Just do what I say. Just do it. I look at my kids and just do what I say. I'm not explaining it this time. Just do I've done it before. I've done it before you were born. I've done it before. Do it the way I asked you to do it. Yeah, but dad, do it the way I asked you to do it. Do it like the plans say. Do it like the plans say. God, yeah, but it's difficult. Do it the way it says do it. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. We're arguing about measurements, right? Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Be happy that God picked you. Cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good. (laughs) There it is again. There it is again. You're like every good vacation. Every good check that I didn't know where it came. No. You'll have all you need to abound in every good work. The favor of the Lord often looks like work. All right. Here's something I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to end up with. Noah built the ark and it rained. Now watch this. Sometimes I, I believe in my life that if I walk through the steps and do what God wants me to do, that the bad part won't come. Anybody ever believe that? Like, Lord, I've done the steps. Now I thought you were going to just deliver me from all this. And I wouldn't have to experience it. I, I, I followed with all the steps and I don't know why I still got sick. I followed with all the steps and I don't know why I still struggle in my marriage. I followed all the steps and I don't know why my kids are crazy. And the Lord's looking at me like, they're your kids, man. I have no idea either. Lord, I followed all the steps and yet it's still rain. I thought, I, I thought we could just build this ark out of faith and then maybe it doesn't have to rain. Maybe we could just make it a playhouse. Could you Lord, we could make it a playhouse. All the neighborhood kids could come over. Be like, dude, I'm, it didn't rain and now we've got this huge playhouse. But you know what? The favor of the Lord comes in times when it's a deluge and it's raining. And what you see is, is that God prepared you to receive a blessing that keeps you floating while everyone else is sinking. But the only reason that you see that fleshed out is because the rain came. So I want to encourage you this morning that it's not the sign of difficulty in your life that means God has abandoned you. It's the sign of you getting through difficulty that God is actually with you. So watch this, watch this. We live in a consumer mentality where, where, we, where we look at the blessing of God at, with a consumer mindset. Lord, 
you give me this. Lord, you give me this. You give me this. Lord, you bless me here. You bless me there. I didn't have to work for it. It's just favor. I just got it. It was blessing and favor and, and all that stuff. When actually God has not called us to be a consumer for it, but a container for it. So, so none of this would have made sense unless it still rained. The rain still had to come for the blessing to even look like a blessing. Because if it just turns into a playhouse, then who cares? But because the rain came, Noah was a container for, Noah's obedience became a container for God's blessing. So Noah says, oh, I've never experienced this before, but now I understand why it was so important for me to, for me to look at what you're doing in my life as favor. Look at every ounce of work as favor. Look at it as everything I put my hand to, I'm doing unto the Lord. Look at every time I don't understand is just being more favored. Look at every time I follow the plants of the tea as your favor in my life. Because now it's working out that while everybody else is sinking, we're still afloat. And the container that you prepare for me is now the blessing I'm writing in. Come on, church. It's not an isolation from problems. It's the guarantee that you'll make it through problems. That's the, that's the favor of God. It's not insulation from it. It's the guarantee that in the middle of it, you're going to float. It's the guarantee that cancer may destroy your body, but it can't get your soul. It's the guarantee that you can be without, but still full of his favor. It can, it's the guarantee that no matter what he can, the Satan can do to you, he can't ultimately hurt you. That it's your favor from God that is keeping you afloat. Amen? So we have... Listen to this. One more thing. One more thing. Watch this. Watch this. I'm going to give you another illustration. One last one. So... Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just like you. I want to skip steps. I just want to get to the favor part. I want to get to the end. I want to do it quick. I, don't want, I just want to make it quick, 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 quick. I want to skip the steps. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Looking at the disciples, say, man, can't you sit up with me for one hour and pray? They're falling asleep. They're dead tired full of anxiety, not sure what's going on. Jesus is praying. The Bible says that he's reached a point, some believe that actually blood is coming out of his pores. The point of stress and anxiety to the place where physically it's doing something, this anomaly sweat like blood. And he prays this prayer. He says, if it's possible, let me skip this step. Did you hear that? That's what he prayed. He said, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Let me skip the step here. Let me skip the step. But then he prayed these important words as a follow-up. But not my will, yours be done. Because Jesus knew that for him to carry the blessing of eternal life to the whole world, that he couldn't skip a step that if he was going to be the container for the whole world, for the forgiveness of all mankind, that he had to walk through with it, that it was hard work, that it was agonizing work, that it was everything that nobody was going to understand, that it would all it would be debated for all of eternity, that, that what he was about to do was to follow the plan to the T 
And because he was willing to do that, because he looked at the favor of God differently than everyone else, he was able to go to the cross, endure the shame. He was able to resurrect and the blessing of the Father came through him to everyone. Whosoever will come, come. Whosoever believes in his name will not perish but have everlasting life. And what I'm trying to tell you, churches, is if we can get it right, if we can get the favor, the idea that God is pouring out his blessing on us, and it's going to look like work, and it's going to look like it's going to look like toil, and it's going to look like helping people and being generous and caring for the sick and caring for the oppressed and caring for these all these situations. That if we can do it and say, not by will, but yours be done, I'm not going to skip a step then the container of blessing that God has prepared for us will go not only to us, but through us and bless our community. It'll bless far and wide. It'll go farther than you could ever imagine it happen. Amen? Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Father, we thank you this morning, Lord. We pray that your blessing, your favor would rest on us. We pray, God, today, Lord, that we'd recognize it. Whatever form it shows up in, Lord, I pray that you give us the determination to never skip a step. God, we give it to you. In Jesus' name, make us containers of your favor that go out from this place to other people. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, give him honor and praise one more time. Hey, listen, you can leave your offering in the back as you're exiting. Encourage somebody, and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like us to pray for you this week, or if you have any questions for us, please message Hedgesville Church through Facebook or the contact button on the website at hedgesville.church. If you did not have the opportunity to give during the service but would like to, you can click on the Give button on your screen. As part of our church family, we invite you to contribute to the Far and Wide Capital Campaign to reach our neighborhoods, nations, and the world with the love of God. We appreciate our online family, and we're really glad you joined us today. Please join us next week at either 10 o'clock or at 11.30 as we continue this series, Stretch. We'll see you then and have a great day. God bless you.